This is the Paraculture Podcast for Teens. I'm your host, Jason Green, alongside my dad, Michael Green, and co-host. We have experience in prayer movements around Africa and the U.S. and currently run an organization called Two or More that establishes prayer culture in Bible-centric churches so people and teens listening understand the importance of abiding prayer in their lives. This is the Prayer Culture Podcast for Teens. Two or More is a crowdfunded ministry. If you want to partner with us, then go check out our giving page. If you have a second, subscribe to our channel and destroy that like button. Hey, welcome back to the to the second episode of the Prayer Culture Podcast for Teens edition. Today we have my dad, as usual, and we have Mr. John Colvin, hey, Redeemer, what's up? Redeemer, a youth group pastor, and dang, we're so glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. It's, it's a pleasure just to hang out with you guys and especially to get to talk prayer and the Lord. Absolutely. Jason, can you tell how you know John and everything real quick? Yeah, so near the beginning of the summer, this summer of 2023, I started going to the the youth group in Redeemer, and I've been going since, and Mr. John has been helping me for a while. Man, well, I uh, I don't know how much, like, helping uh, Not- <laughs> as much as just... Uh, uh, just getting to hang out, giving uh, tips, you've just been, being you've there, been, like uh, you've been helping, like give you've been, tips, uh, you've like been encouraging too. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, man. So, uh, let's get off with the first question. Tell us a little bit about your prayer journey. Like, what's gotten you here so far? Yeah, so um, I can start from. Man, how do I start this? I think, you know, probably similar to you know a lot of a lot of people. You know, you grow up in. Uh, Christian home and and going to church and knowing about prayer like in your head yeah. about it like knowledge and then the journey towards uh, prayer as life right and mm-hmm. so um, I I think there's kind of two two things for for me when I was uh, my first year in college um, was a really rough time uh, went through lots of um, bouts of anxiety and depression and and just loneliness and being able to find prayer um, specifically the prayer in the psalms and mm, uh, yeah. in art forms art forms of you know music that I think is a type of prayer um, was really helpful for me um, and then more more recently um, some actually not too long after that, and then more recently again, um, I I had been um, introduced to uh, a, a lot of historic prayers. Um, so a couple years ago, my wife and I ended up at a uh, a church that that uses a prayer book, um, and uh, we got to learn more about um, historic prayers and liturgy, um, and that was like a real a lot. Uh, game changer for me um, and is something that is kind of affecting my ministry today um, till this mm. day of, of just the beauty of pre-written prayers that Christians have been saying for centuries in various different languages. And so... Uh, Could you expound on that? Because that's, that's something that's foreign to a lot of our listeners probably is this idea that, you know, there are liturgies or prayers that are written, you know, it seems kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, Catholics do that or whatever, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, like 
you said it was a game changer. So mm -hmm. explain that in a little bit more detail. Yeah. So I think within our tradition, evangelical, you know, what have you, uh, tradition, there's a, a great, I guess, influence and emphasis on authenticity and something being kind of on on the moment, like spirit yeah, of the moment. sincere, genuine. Sincere, yeah. mm. genuine. And I think that's come about because the idea of praying someone else's words that someone else has written is somehow inauthentic. And that's how I always thought about it. Yeah, um, sure. And I remember going to a church that years ago where, you know, everything was, you know, very spur of the moment, um, had lots of, not spur of the moment, but, like, oh, uh, yeah, not spur of the moment, but, but I don't know how I'd describe it. Uh, we can cut this whole part out of me thinking. Uh, <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I also thought you were saying be quiet. I was like. Oh, no, 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 you're good. I was, I was like, trying oh, to get oh, you to get oh, close to no, no, the mic. You're good. Sorry, um, I threw you off. No, 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 you're good. You can yeah. adjust, you can move your mic, though, if that'll oh, Okay, yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Uh, yeah, so we we ended up going to this this church, um, part of the Anglican tradition, which has a lot of influence from historical the historical church, and I realized that something that is a pre-written prayer does not necessarily mean that is inauthentic, and I think that's for a couple of reasons. I think one of the things is first of all we have the Book of Psalms. Yeah. So for the early church, for the first, I mean, even the, after the Reformation, until just a, you know, hundred, two hundred years ago, the Psalms were the prayer book of Christians. So the idea of pre-written prayers is in Scripture. It is Scripture, as well as Saint Paul. He quotes um, things. He quotes some sort of early Christian literature that we don't have in some of his letters when he says, Awake, O sleeper, um, Christ has shined on you. And, and some of these other things that he, he references, these are probably pre-written prayers or hymns. And so they're, you know... Sure. Or so creeds of the or church. Or creeds, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they're not inauthentic. And, and if I'm being honest, I think, you know, if we're talking about authenticity, you know, what is it that's shaping us? Are we shaping our authenticity? ourselves, or is something else shaping what we are trying to be authentic to, mm. you know? And so, so I've, I've, I've found a lot of life and beauty and in pre-written prayers that say theologically correct and true words that I could not come up with. Um, John Calvin, I don't remember where he says it, but he says that he actually used to not allow anyone to pray in church without it being pre-written so that people could have it memorized. So when they heard it, they could say, yes, I agree with that. And they don't have to like go through the process of like analyzing what is prayed in order to say like, yes, I can be in agreement with this uh, as the congregation. Like it was a, it was like, hey, if this is pre-written, we're all like, yes, this is, this is truth. Right, and so they can just focus on their communication to God. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's good. 
Yeah. Man, I love you guys are amazing. I'm just sitting here listening to this. I'm just soaking it in right here. <laughs> yeah. Going to prayer and the Psalms and like writing down my own prayers. That that is helpful mm-hmm. in ways. Yeah. So next, I would like to know why is it important to pray with teens? In your mm. in your definition, why do you think it's important? Hmm. Well, it's important because all people are made for relationship with God. Mm, yeah. And, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, teens are people. <laughs> That's what I was just about to say. I'm like, <laughs> we are talking about teens here. Yes, yes. Contrary <laughs> yeah, to popular yeah. belief, teens are human beings. Come on. Uh, no. And they need yeah. to know the Lord because, you know, I, I, so much of what has been instilled in me by some of my mentors uh, that I appreciate is there's nothing there's nothing second rate about a teenager, uh, mm. a teenage Christian. Like w- let's not even take the word Christian or uh, sorry, <laughs> let's not even take the word teenager. Like, right. Let's just say Christian yeah. who happens to be, you know, thirteen to nineteen. Yeah. Um, we uh, at our church we have every Wednesday or every second Wednesday of the month we do a potluck, and then we do a prayer service. Uh, Every other month, the students will stay in with the adults and pray. And we do that because, uh, like I, you know, we want students to be participating with adults in, because they are the church. Like, there's not a, you know, the youth, the youth group is not a separate church. It is the church. Uh, They just happen to be younger. Um, And so when, um, when we sit down and pray, I think you were, were you in my prayer group last time we did this group? When we, have you been, have you been on a, on a second Wednesday when we've, when we've he prayed was at the adults? last one? I was at the last one. I don't think I was in your group though. Okay. So, but you, you know how kind of, yeah, 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 yeah. And what we say, what our elders will say uh, when we get started is they'll say, Hey, we want to make sure that there's an even distribution of like teens and adults in groups. We don't want to just be teens over here, adults over here. And I remember last time we were together and a, a couple of guys were praying, a, t- a couple of the teenage guys were praying in our group, and afterwards some of the adults in our, our group were like, wow, that's amazing. You're just like praying like at your age. That's insane. And they were like dumbfounded. And, you know, these are <laughs> sweet people who are close to my heart, and so like, I, I appreciated so much that they saw that in them and, w- and were um, encouraging them. Uh, but I also wanted to tell them, like, it's not abnormal. They're Christians. That's yeah. what Christians do. Yeah. We can, learn, we can learn things like teen and adult alike in ways, like when we're following Jesus. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a, a teenager should pray for the same reason an adult should pray. Yeah. Um, which I could have just said that. Like, <laughs> no. That. No, that was good. No, thank you. That was really good. We, we, we'd like that on this. Yeah. No. So as a teenager, can I ask questions? Is that yeah, okay? go for you it. So as a teenager, do you feel like it has at all been instilled in you that like what you are to do is somehow different than what the rest of the church is supposed to do? That's a good question. 
and and not by like any particular person like instilling it can just be just like man it's just the kind of the water i swim in just kind of culture society yeah culture society not necessarily i'm sorry could you could you say that again one more time would you say that as a a teenager who is a follower of jesus Mm -hmm. do you feel as as if um you have been like you've been made to feel like what you should do is different than what a uh, an adult Christian should do in their spiritual formation or in their obedience to Christ or um yeah i be um, honest your dad's not on the show it's just uh, i'm just a bro right now you're okay? just a bro <laughs> so <laughs> Um, Sorry, yeah, I did, I did, yeah. Be totally honest. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to think here. Do you understand the question? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like, do I feel I need to act in my fellowship with God different than the adults? Well, yeah, and he's more talking, like, societally, Yeah, it tends to be we, we set the bar lower yeah. for teenagers, and we also kind of relegate uh, them to yeah. their own space. Like, yeah, they kind of do their own thing, and we don't expect them to evangelize like we should. We don't expect them to pray like we right. should. Okay. They'll get no, there eventually, no. but they're not there yet. I get it better. As opposed to, we're all believers. We should all be praying with fervency, and I, as an adult, can learn a lot from a teenager, which exactly, I yeah. have been learning a lot <laughs> from my teenager and a lot of other very godly teenagers around me yeah um i think that being like a teenager is like you're a little underdeveloped from an adult like that that's kind of science and you need sometimes you'll need help understanding things more but like with jesus if you're taught the right way i think that like teenagers and like like you were saying that adults and teenagers can both like teach each other many things when they're walking with the Lord mm. in many ways. Yeah. Like it's not just one or one section. I think there are some ways that they can be in sections, but like fully they're like, it's like a whole group just learning from each other. Well, and Jason is a gifted prayer warrior. So mm. I've, I know the Lord's gifted him with the gift of faith and, and the gift of prayer because he, he's always been my prayer support. So even when we were in Uganda and everything, like when I'm doing evangelism, he's praying, he's always been praying for the things since he was a child. He would go with me on missions to like dangerous, like militant Islamic places. Uh, Wow. He went with me and he would be prayer support largely. And so when he prays, I'm like, oh man, Lord, give me more of that spirit of Mm. prayer. Cause so he, he is gifted in that. I I would say, yeah, I would say probably, yeah, that I think that, that idea of, I think you, you explained it well, of like teenagers, um, like we, we put a lower bar for them. Sure. And yeah. in that, in that way, doesn't apply to every teen. Like, no. And obviously, no. <laughs> obviously you've had some different experiences that, uh, you know, are, are, are differentiating. But yeah, I mean, I, I was reading this article the other day and, uh, it said that the the point of of the of our belief in Christ of of Christian or not the the point of it, but like uh, the thing that marks us is not our knowledge but our faith. And so mm-hmm. obviously there are there are truths of the faith, there are creeds of the mm-hmm. faith that if you don't affirm them, 
there's like if you don't if you if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, then there's a like that is a foundational Christian belief. Yeah, you're not a Christian if you don't you're not a Christian that. if you don't believe That's that. Reality. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, you're not a Christian if if you say Jesus is not the Son of God. Um, however, do you know all of the implications of what that means? Yeah, maybe yeah. not. But what God, but what the Word of God says is that we are. Um, it's by our faith, right? That our our faith is what draws us in, um, not mm. our our knowledge. And there's a difference between like being like knowing a truth and understanding all of the implications of a truth. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, and faith is trust, and so really, the closer you get to God, the more trust you have with Him that you're giving right. to Him. Right. And the more your communion and your life is a lifestyle of prayer where it's like, whenever I go out today, I'm going to be mm. communicating with the Lord. I'm going to be listening to him. I'm going to have scripture that I'm meditating on, scripture that comes to my heart and mind when I get to each mm. situation, when I'm at school, when I'm at work, when I'm you know, looking for food in my parents' fridge because <laughs> I'm still starving. Mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. But all of it is a constant communication and asking God, you know, okay, what's the next thing? So absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think liturgy, the word liturgy, uh, is, is is just essentially the uh, it, the word goes back to kind of the duties, uh, voluntary uh, duties of a Roman citizen. Nice duties. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Leave I it couldn't in. help it. It's a Leave team. It it's in. a team podcast, Leave man. It this, in. this is sorry, part man. of it. Uh, the <laughs> responsibilities, uh, but it's a volunteer, like how a Roman citizen would volunteer for the state. And it was their responsibility, yeah. Um, and uh, to the state, and so liturgy comes from that word. It literally means the work of the people, and so it's the work of the church to pray, to worship, to take the sacraments, uh, and to evangelize. And so, each one of those things you said, I thought were like that's a liturgy to 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 think of like okay. I'm hungry right now. I'm going to, I'm going to the fridge at my house and I'm going to look for food. Maybe you maybe you'll forget to to pray something or you don't know how to pray something in that little moment. And so liturgy is like a hey, you know, here here's a liturgy I wrote for when you get home from school and you're hungry, you know? And so that's uh that's something I've been working on literally this week is wow. a is a prayer book for for teenagers. So there's one of like when I've disagreed with my parents. Here's a prayer for when I've been disrespectful to my parents. Here's a prayer for my sexuality. I'm confused about my sexuality or I'm tempted in these ways. Um, there's one for students who parents are going through a rough marriage stuff. And so like each one of these moments is something that should bring us to prayer. And liturgy and pre-written prayers is a way for us to, if we don't know how to pray in a certain moment or we'll forget, is a way for us to have like, oh, this is, a brother in Christ has already kind of done this and it's it's going to help me put my trust in Christ in these specific moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a prayer library. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a prayer library. I like that. I like that. That's very cool. And that helps a lot when it's like, 
Because a lot of people in this space, hey, I just don't know how to pray. Mm-hmm. I don't pray as good as person X or person right. Y. So right. I just don't want to speak up. And I think teens can feel insecure about that, especially because they just haven't had as li- much life experience. So like giving them those tools, I could see mm-hmm. how powerful that could be is just like, hey, read this p- prayer, maybe memorize it, but have those prayers right? so that when you're going to eat, you start praying them and then that helps you personalize. And then you can mm. start to, you can add things to that as the Lord's leading you, but that mm. gives you a good baseline for, yes. I yeah. love that. That's so good. Well, and, uh, you know, I, I think the idea, I, I think sometimes people will, will say like, well, the problem with that is um, then you're never saying what you really want to say to God. And like, and not, and so like the thing is like, it, what we're not, what I'm not saying is like, you never pray anything that's not already pre-written down. But, sure. but those pre-written prayers have taught me how to pray. Come on. And yeah. so when, so a couple months ago, I won't go in the whole thing, but I was out here uh, in Magnolia. I witnessed a horrible wreck. I get out, I'm running to the Ooh. scene, and the Jesus prayer, which is an ancient Christian prayer, um, the Eastern church, uh, as well as the Catholic and Protestant churches use today. Uh, it's called a breathing prayer. You breathe in, and you say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, and then you breathe out and you say, have mercy on me, a sinner. I was just praying that over and over and over, mm. and it was like as I'm running to the scene, as I'm getting to the the people who are involved, and it wasn't it wasn't an empty ritual. It was a rich ritual. Yeah, yeah. That was was I didn't know what to say in that moment because in that typical kind of moment, I would be saying words that I'm not going to say uh, <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> right? Like in those situations, I usually will say words that are not Christ-like. And so I'm saying those instead, um, and those are, and, th- and they came from the heart because I was like, I don't know what to do. You yeah. Know? And so. I love that. Wow. Maybe maybe before the next question, just so John can clarify for everyone so no one is concerned, John is not uh, approving of the theology of any group <laughs> that, like all of their theology because he mentioned their name. That seems to... People tend to draw conclusions. Yeah. This person is affirming, you know, Roman Catholicism or whatever. They're approving all these theologies when you're just saying, hey, understood, memorized prayers can be very valuable. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Our, I mean, yeah. I could, I could talk, <laughs> now that I could talk about for way too long of, of church uh, history. Yeah. Well, well we'll have to have you back on for that at some point. Oh, yeah. Sure. You don't oh, want yeah. to. Uh, <laughs> man, you guys are like emanating. Like, I'm just here <laughs> soaking it in. I'm just I'm just helping narrate part of it. The emanating is my the sweat off my bald head. <laughs> <laughs> Quite oh, a reflection yeah. there, John. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. 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 <sighs> okay. Well, our next question is... How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if woodchuck could chuck wood? Four. <laughs> <laughs> How have you seen God work in prayer, praying with teens? Mm. Hmm. You know, uh, I would have to say the uh, 
these second Wednesdays um, that I mentioned earlier, our church, mm. um, when our whole church gathers to pray, um, I'm always a little concerned of like, okay, what if a new kid comes to student ministry and he just has to sit and like pray with a bunch of adults that he doesn't know? And the more that we have done it, the more I've seen like, no, actually, I, I want that student to do that because I don't want to yeah. advertise for them something that's not true, right? I don't want them to come in and be like, hey, we're all fun and games. Uh, and But to be like, hey, honestly, this is just what we do. You know, this is what it's like to follow Jesus, and we want you to. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, everything I hear from students afterwards is, can we do that every second Wednesday? Mm. And it's like, I kind of, yeah, <laughs> like I want to, like that's awesome. And so to see the body of Christ coming together and praying together, regardless of age, is a beautiful thing. And and that in and of itself is a goal of the of our student ministry overall, is that the students would be worshiping with all of the saints. Um, and so... Yeah. Yeah, and and I can get into like individual students' lives who have been changed because of of just the Holy Spirit in their lives and and God answering their prayers. Um, so, yeah. Do you have an, no names? But do you have like an example, like a story or something? I hope to have more after I put out this this prayer book. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I know of one student and I think I mean prayer is involved in it, but we had a student um and he might hear this uh but we, and and if you do, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> but we had a student who had been coming um for the past year or so, two years and uh, was connected and wasn't really sure where he was with the Lord. I mean, he was showing up, and, and we had a relationship together, and it was really cool to get to know him. And um, But at camp this summer, um, he, uh, and you might know who this is, um, he came to me one of the nights and was like, I've not actually believed in Christ. Like, I have not actually chosen to follow him, and uh, I want to pray. And so we prayed, and... Um, he you know, accepted Christ, he became a Christian, he placed his trust in him, and from that moment, I can actually see a change Come in on. his life. Uh, he got baptized um, just a few, uh, over our, our Thanksgiving weekend, Sunday, and uh, and the Lord's working his life, and, and he's reaching out, and he's saying, hey, like, how do I start reading the Bible? How do I pray? You know, all this stuff. And so we're we're doing discipleship stuff and like his life is like actually changed. Um, and that's such an encouragement um to see. And you know, I've got to I've got to think that what the Lord was doing on his heart when he got up there and said, Let's pray, and we said, All right, we're gonna follow Jesus. And he said that in prayer, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. Come on. And he did, mm. like the spirit confirmed and said, "All right, mm. <laughs> you know." And 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 we're getting to see that, um, and so it's it's just a, a beautiful thing. 
Yeah. I love that. I'm back on the second Wednesday thing. I really like it when we have those. It's really mm-hmm. cool because, like, like, new people can come. We can have, like, that prayer moment, and it's just, like, captivating. And mm-hmm. I, like you were saying, I really I agree with that because I agree with how, like, we can have fun in games. We can have, we can have that fun time together, like, bring you in. It's a welcoming time, but, yeah, you, we want you to know that we're here to talk to Jesus. We're here to connect with him and each other in that way more. So, mm-hmm. and we want you to be here with it. So, yeah, that's really cool. So I would, I would kind of ask you as the um, expert teenager in the room. <laughs> uh, that's me. That's you. Uh, how would, how do you think is a, a better way for churches and student ministries to help teens feel more comfortable praying with adults in the church? And I know I'm asking, like, you, you probably don't have as much of an issue as, as many other teens, but, you know, for you, if there is kind of an intimidating factor with getting in a, a prayer group with mixed company of adults and, and, and teenagers, like, how do you think would be the best way to, like, bridge that? Or is that not intimidating at all? I think it can be int- intimidating, especially for me. Like I'm an in- I'm a very big introvert. Mm. You you know that, but I think that it it can be intimidating. But just being able to be like welcoming and knowing that you're here to pray, you don't you don't have to like think about it. You just know, hey, these people are here to be here to connect. We're here to pray and come to Jesus together, and we can connect off that. I think that that's a big thing. I don't think, I think it can be intimidating, but you just got to keep that in mind. Mm, like welcoming atmosphere. Yeah, welcoming as- yeah, atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Anything to change, I think it's good right now in my opinion. I don't know how others would, how other kids would feel. Let me ask you this. So John's been talking about a book. Do you think if you had some kind of, context where it's like, hey, I've got this prayer. I could pray for this specific thing. So like, hey, we're coming together and we're praying specifically for missionaries. And so we have a prayer that's kind of like our baseline. Do you think that would help give you confidence? Yeah. I I really, I wish I had something like that. Like not just going off through my head, like that works, but I'm glad I can like go to the Psalms or like mm-hmm. if I had a book like that, that'd be great because like I can go and I can get reference off what I might want to pray for in what mm-hmm. way. Like that can be super helpful, boost that confidence in it. That's great. I love that. That's so good. In terms of praying, so you said that the other night I came in after the Wednesday night, second Wednesday prayer thing. And I started talking to Maggie and she's like, mm. man, it was so crazy. People were falling out the altar. We didn't even want to stop. Uh, but, but we had the kids, so we needed to stop at some point. <laughs> Uh, just, just to, you know, save the kids ministry people, oh, <laughs> the, yes, the little yeah. kids ministry, the, the folks who were watching the kids in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it was really powerful, you mm-hmm. know, 
And um, do you think, I guess either of you, do you think there's a way to facilitate that emotional engagement also more mm. strongly? Like, hey, it's okay to be raw. It's okay to be emotional. Mm. You're not, especially in young and old men, <laughs> in men in general, yeah. uh, we, yeah. in our Western culture, we tend to think of emotion as weakness or displaying emotion as weakness. Do you think in terms of adults, um, John, showing teens and even teens being the example to adults, how are ways that you can show emotion together with God and it, it not feel awkward? <laughs> hmm. um, can I go first? Please. Uh, I, can. <laughs> I think the big help is having those student leaders be there for like, hey, I, yeah, hey, I have this problem. Could you please pray for that? And like being able to like pray for each other in certain ways, like, like a one on one. Yeah, one on one. Yeah, with the leaders that you already know. Yeah, people yeah. you can trust. Like, and all the leaders there, like they have your back, even if you don't know them. So yeah, that's a big thing. That's good. In my book. That's good. I think to answer your question, so how to kind of how to maybe pass on or. Yeah, pass on that emotional engagement. I think, I don't know, I'm personally a more emotional person. And so I think the biggest thing is, like, the person has to actually, like, be in relationship with God. Yeah. Like, mm, yeah. like any sort of emotional display in worship or in prayer, I feel like you're seeing a tip of an iceberg because underneath all of that is their daily, uh, their daily exercise, if you will, sure. of prayer, Bible reading, trust in Christ. That's not always the case, obviously, because, you know, we'll have like a, you know, Obviously, you know, when someone comes to faith for the first time, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's God starting something new. And so I, I usually think more on the side of like, like on a, you know, you, you sing in choir, correct? Yeah, I do. So if you go and nail a, um, and not to make this sound like a performance, this is not, that is not the connection here, but... If you go and nail your solo, I'm not thinking, man, he just had a gr- like all of a sudden the muses uh, looked favorably upon him and he just received this insane um, ability to sing. No, I think, oh, he's put in a lot of work. There's yeah. a lot behind the scenes that he has been doing. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of emotion and the um, kind of display of that in worship or in prayer, I think a lot of that is tied to, and that's why I love watching people like Maggie, um, people who've walked with the Lord for a long time through difficult things is because there's a history there. Yeah. And so they're like, Oh God, I know who you, I know, Mm -hmm. I know you, I know how you are. I, you are my oldest and closest friend. Yeah. And I've known what you've done for me. I've known your word. 
I've been in your word. And so when I'm in prayer, I have a lot to draw upon mm. um, because I know you. Um, yeah. It comes from a place of personal relationship and consistency in the secret place with God yes. before your corporate, which is funny you mentioned that because I have talked to, I've been interviewing several worship leaders now and all of them are saying, when I ask, hey, how do you facilitate the presence of God? They're like, you got to be in the place with God before you get on stage, mm. like consistently. Yeah. So that's like, yeah, I love that. It's ringing true. And not to say that like someone who is a new believer is not able to engage in that. I mean, I think we can all draw upon just the moment of our own salvation for God to do something in us. But I do, I do love watching people who are, uh, I love watching older people in the church who have known Christ for 50, 60 years. Mm. And, uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's the goal. That's the hope is that uh, they would not become, you know, that we, we don't become desensitized or grouchy old men, but become soft, sensitive, loving, caring, strong men. Yeah. Not good. <sighs> wow. Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of emotion too. So yeah, just seeing people that put a lot of emotion, like if I've, I've been through things with God and mm -hmm. like have a lot of emotion in their prayer, like they're strong. Yeah. Yeah. They've walked through some stuff. Yeah. yeah. It, it does make a difference. It does make a difference when you've been in the Valley and most of us have had certain types of valleys. Um, some valleys are more potent than others, and mm -hmm. it makes a big difference. And, um, you know, I mean, I feel like even you, Jason, have been through some valleys that, uh, you know, some kids can identify with. Other kids haven't really been through at all. Um, mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean they can't pray. Um, but you get to be an example to them of somebody who's very emotionally raw. And it, it's maybe even a little easier for you to draw that out because you've had to walk through some things that just break down mm -hmm. the walls more quickly and more, more dramatically. So yeah, it's a matter of when I think, I think yeah. everybody will go through something or we're just continually going through things that yeah. break down walls that make us more sensitive and less calloused. Um, and, or at least I think that's what, the, the hope of difficult times is that we become more sensitive, not more calloused. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so for, for some that happens earlier than others. And so it's like, I've, I told, I tell students, this is like, Hey, if you, if you say like, ah, I don't have a very good testimony, it's like, I just grew up in church and nothing interesting or hard has happened to me. I just say, just wait. And, uh, which is like ominous, but also, a little comforting. Yeah. And yeah. you don't need to have that. Like I felt that way too. Like, Oh, I don't know how I can, I haven't gone through anything difficult or bad yet. I don't know like how to deal with it, but you don't, I've just been praying in Islamic countries <laughs> while my dad's <laughs> sharing yeah. the gospel. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't know hardship or difficulty. Uh, I don't know hardship. <laughs> I've been across the world sharing the gospel, but I don't know hardship at all. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, in that ways, you don't need the hardship to be connected with the Lord anyways. No, no. No. Yeah. No, I mean, simply just 
being fallen man is enough for us to look to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How do you help teens encounter the Lord at youth group? Like, what's your best strategy to it? Mm -hmm. I think... um, Should I wait? I hear a truck. Could you repeat the question one more time? Uh, yeah. How do you help teens encounter the Lord at youth group? I think there are, uh, I think there are a couple of ways um, mm-hmm. that we try to. Uh, obviously, God can enc- like people can encounter God in looking at a sunset. I mean, there's there are ways that God reveals Himself. Um, kind of the ways that we do on like our Wednesday nights is yeah. uh, first through, I think, community. Yeah. Um, I hope that students feel uh, like there are there is a, uh, a group of people, there is a, uh, a community that cares about them. Um, we are the body of Christ, so if we are the body of Christ, then that means that if the body of Christ is loving... Um, then we are experiencing the love of Christ. Yeah. And so I hope that students encounter the Lord through uh, one another, through their relationships, um, which means I hope that their relationships are, are encouraging, um, Christ-centered, and kind. <laughs> so, so if it's a place of, you know, cliques and drama, which happens, it will happen. And, you know, no matter um, what student ministry you're in or whatever, you get a bunch of broken people together, there's going to be clips, clicks clicks, and drama. And so, and those are just things that you have to like be aware of and, 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 um, uh, you know, confront. Um, but that's kind of the, one of the, one of the ways is I hope that they encounter the Lord through one another. Um, I, uh, through God's word, I hope that students are, encountering God through his word. That's how he reveals himself to us is through his word primarily Um, and through worship. Um, As we sing um, praises to God, um, those are words that we are saying, um, you know, telling God his worth. And so I hope that um, in that students see God's goodness and are able to proclaim that back to him. Um, and then when we do our discussion groups, um, I think that's kind of a, a mix of that. It's again like the, I, I hope when we do discussion groups, the, the goal is for us to say like, okay, here's my life. Here's the things I'm struggling with. This is the word, you know, we just opened this passage of scripture um, and John or whoever was, you know, preaching that night said these things, how do I apply those to my life? And so hopefully they can encounter the Lord and what he has for them in his word and able to apply that in their yeah. life. That's really good. So, does that kind of answer the question? Yeah, that, that that's okay. perfect. Yeah. I agree with that. That's really good. Do you feel like other Jason, do you feel like other teens have helped you mm. encounter the Lord? 
Yeah, I think being in those discussion groups, it, it helps bring it a little closer to a one-on-one age group mm-hmm. area where, like, you can all connect a little better. Like, yeah, just it really helps, like, being around pe- being around people at your age gap that understand the same thing and, like, can teach you. And you can learn things a little more one-on-one. Yeah, because how many times have, like, somebody in your discussion group said something and you're like, I, yep, I've, I've dealt with that or I've struggled with that. Like, do you, does that ever, does that help it happen or is that beneficial when that happens? Yeah, that, that's pretty beneficial. It, it helps sometimes like, yeah, like mutual understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Next question. Next question. Do it. <laughs> How do you help teens translate that into everyday life? Mm. Like the, so from the previous question, like, um, like how they encounter the Lord on like a Wednesday night. Yeah. How do you hope that they um, take that to their everyday life? You know, I'll be honest, that is something that I'm trying to learn. Mm. Um, and that is something that I think I'll be continuing to learn <laughs> of like, how do I take, it's for me at least it's easy to uh i mean it's not easy but like i i can i can uh write a sermon and i can give a sermon and then you know wipe my hands and say i did what i did and walk away um but then to say to our students like okay how are you then going to do this um and uh, I think that's just a, for me, that's just going to be a long process of like the Lord teaching me. Um, I do hope, and this is one thing I, I've tried to start asking students more is like, hey, how is, how is your, how are your spiritual disciplines? So how is your devotional time? Are you in God's word? Are you um, having some sort of prayer time throughout the day um, where you are communing with God? And so that's one of the ways that I, I hope that how they encounter the Lord uh, on a Wednesday night is something that carries on throughout their week. Um, Because, you know, God's Word is God's Word, you know, whether I'm teaching it or they're reading it. Not to say that, like, you don't need someone to teach you, but... Sure. um, Yeah. Yeah, I... um, like Like you and me talked about in the last episode, I believe... I'm sure that this is a really good thing. We struggle, and I've learned this from you. We struggle and we stray off the path when we don't, like, spend time, like, everyday life, spend time with God in ways. Mm-hmm. So I think I think we should, like, I think that, like, in my own experience, take the time to go, like, wake up early, mm-hmm. Stop what you're doing. Take like I think like at least an hour. Yeah. At least an hour, hour and a, like a half an hour, hour. Read your Bible and pray to God. Yeah. Yeah. And there is no appointment, um, especially your social media appointment on your phone, that is more important than your appointment yeah. with God. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. You know what I did the other day? Um, this is like I've I haven't told a single person this. So I'm gonna tell everybody. Uh, <laughs> I was on my way to work, uh, to the office 
And I had not spent any time with the Lord that morning. And I was like, okay, Lord, I really want to cherish you today. Like, I really want to respect you. So I'm going to set a time for our meeting. And I'm going to purposely go in the... I'm not going to tell a soul, but I'm going to go in the office. I'm going to do my stuff. And then at some point, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to say, hey, guys, I have a really important meeting. <laughs> and then I'm going to go and like... You know, it was it was later in the day, and so I got up. They're like, hey, where are you going? I'm like, oh, because my, my office is like a cubicle, so everybody sees, everybody in here is something. We all get distracted. And so I got up, and I'm like, hey, I'm headed to an important meeting, and I was uh, going to keep that time. Like, I'm going, I'm not going to be late because this is the most important meeting of my day is with the Lord. And so it was like, I don't know, I think it was like 9.50. And so I got there at 9.45, so I could set my Bible out. Uh, I, I even lit a little candle just because. And uh, and so, and then our meeting started. And it was just a way for me to uh, honor the Lord and to like really set aside that time. Um, and I, you know, I haven't done it since then, but it was just something that I did <laughs> just to like, it was just a day that I really needed to really set aside some time. Uh, and I mean, not to say that there's not every day that I need to do that, uh, but that was just something that I, I did. And I look back, I'm like, yeah, that's probably how I should think about it every day of like, no, 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 no. I have to be at this meeting. Like, I don't treat any other meetings that way of like, sure. I have a lunch meeting at 12. I'm like, oh, well, if I can't get it to it today, that's fine. I'll try to do it tomorrow. Like, I don't do that to people, <laughs> but I'm willing to do that to God. Right. They're like, oh, like, sorry, yeah. Lord, I woke up late, so... I'm just not going to spend any time. Yeah, can we reschedule? To- yeah, no. <laughs> you're no. omnipresent, you know, so w- we can do it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next day you wake up. Dang it, I didn't do it. Okay, yeah. or, don't call yeah. us. We'll call you. <laughs> 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 wow. Oh man, that just uh, that just yikes. blew my mind right there. <laughs> don't call- we actually Ooh. say that to God? Yeah, that was deep, uh, dude. Oh man, oh, Lord forgive us. <laughs> Ooh. <sighs> Yeah. Sorry, Lord. You can call me anytime. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Man. Or, yeah. Or I'll, I'll spend some time with you in the car, and I get in the car, and I turn on music, and not even listening or a podcast that's just, like, random. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, before you turn on your music when you're on your work in the morning, turn on the Prayer Culture Podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Well, and since we're talking about Encounter one thing that we can do is pray for teens. I remember I went to mm-hmm. a Redeemer prayer meeting before one of the retreats or something, and we were mm-hmm. just really invested in prayer for the teens as they were going. And I think that was the retreat where one of the teens got saved. So, like, wow. I think, I, I believe so. I have to confirm with Lee, If it was camp, it was over the I, summer, I then it was so. definitely for that. So it's, it's like, hey, encounter... Like, you can't manufacture that. You could teach good theology all day, but encounter comes from the Lord directly. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to have to do it. Mm-hmm. And so the most powerful thing we can do, you know, stop saying all I can do is pray. That's baloney. You, that's the most powerful tool in your tool belt is you can pray. You pray for your teens. Mm. You pray for your kids. You pray for the people in your life because you can't control them. You can't make them love God no matter how much scripture you give them. Mm. You should give them scripture and then you should pray for them. Mm. And yeah, because again, it's not just an intellectual yeah. 
thing. It's a, it's a faith thing. It's a faith thing. Yeah, that's right. And I, I noticed like somebody challenged me a few years ago in making lists for my kids of very specific things and like just keep Mm. adding to them and pray over them continuously. And I've, as I've done that, I've started to see specific answers in my kids' lives for those things. Mm. And so I ask the Lord that he would encounter my kids and they would have a deep love for him and those things. Um, and I think he, he loves to honor those requests. Mm. And so ultimately them encountering him is, hey, we teach them well, and then we send them out into the world and we ask the Lord to be there mm. and to to come into their lives in powerful ways. Um, and that's, that's really important to the Lord for us to do that. And, and he works when we ask him to, you know, in a lot of, a lot of ways, he doesn't always do things the way that we think he should or, or any of those things for sure. He, he knows best, but, uh, the Bible is clear that he wants us to ask for things that he desires Mm. and he loves to honor that when we ask. One of the things that is really changed my perspective and surprisingly this has actually come at a (laughs) I was taking a class a modern and postmodern theology class and that this hit me is I used to think uh, this wasn't the only thing I used to think about prayer but it was like something that I had like truly believed is and I still think that it's partially true is in prayer we are going to God with our requests, and our we're we're always leaving that changed, right? So we're always leaving prayer changed. We see things differently because we go before God, and we and we ask something or we say something and we, we communicate with Him, and it actually ends up changing our hearts. However, it it took me reading some like really dense theology to be like, oh wait, I don't agree with a portion of this because I have to also agree with the, or I have to believe that there is an objective reality that God is listening to me and he will act when I ask. It's not just like my thoughts and me changing and it's just like, how is prayer going to affect me individually? It's like, no, a God who is, controlling the universe objectively outside of me, outside of anything that I have any power to affect or change, uh, he hears me and he says that he loves me. And if I ask in his name, he will do it for me. Yeah, that's scripture, dude. And that's like, the Bible. And yeah. it's like, whoa. Like I, And I knew this. And if you would have asked me that, you know, a couple of months ago, I would have said, of course I believe that. But it hit me in this new way of like, I've been get, I've, I've been thinking of prayer as a subjective thing primarily instead of an objective thing, meaning like it's not about me, the subject, but about the object, the person I'm speaking to. He is the one who is the most important being in all of the universe. And he is the one who actually has the power to affect any change. And so like how my prayer changes me personally in my prayer is like a added benefit. Yeah. That's not the primary. The primary is that I'm speaking to an all-powerful, omniscient God who is also kind and loving and wants to hear from me and will do what I ask. 
And that's like, wow. And and it's also kind of mind blowing that I thought anything otherwise. <laughs> yes. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. When logic gets in the way of scripture. <laughs> <laughs> um well, Jason, I think we have time for maybe one more question. One PM more question. question. All right. We have a few here, so I'm gonna pick out the bet what we think yeah. is the best one. What you got? All right, let's see here. All right, actually, we have two left. I'm going to go I with... I restrain myself and try to do both. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just read both, and you can answer however you want to okay. whichever one. If you, This one I wrote. If you had to tell a teen in one sentence how to better their prayer walk with the Lord, what mm. would you tell them? All right, what's the second one? And <laughs> what is your favorite thing about working with teens? Oh, man. Okay, so I feel like that first question is really good, and I need to answer that one. So what is the one sentence that I would say to help them in their prayer? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> do it. <laughs> just pray. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean. You could pull a cheat code here. You could just say the Lord's Prayer, boom. That I is mean, true. That's, that's, good, part, that's, a that's good yeah. Do the yeah. Teach us to pray. Lord, Boom. Jesus said this is how to pray. This prayer. is the template. Yes. <laughs> well, we've prepared you. Most of the Go teams the that now. I know and that I I have the privilege of of working with and serving know they need to pray. It's more of a how do I, and mm. um and so. And how does it reach that depth of soul? We were talking about that personal thing. Like, how do they get to that point where it's right. it's actual a personal exchange for them? Mm. Can I say like we'll we'll pick this up next time? <laughs> no, I'll tell you this. Uh, I'll tell no. you this. What I would pick up from what you've said so far mm-hmm. is keep an appointment with God. Mm. Oh yeah, that's what I would pick up from it. Mm. Yeah, that's I, I would say pick an appointment for God. I think that is I think that is good. I I would say so for me. I've been using, uh, and I, I guess I could have said this earlier. I've been using the Book of Common Prayer for my daily devotionals for the last several months, and that has been a huge benefit to me. And that's what I've actually I've told you guys. I'm writing a prayer book for the students. I've structured most of it after that because. Every day you're going to be uh, praising God, thanking God, confessing your sins, uh, and asking for strength. And then, so there's there it kind of covers each of these types of prayers, as well as like just a portion of silence for you to say however you want to say what to, to the Lord. So like, part of me would say like, man, get a get a prayer book of some kind. If you don't know where to start, mm. start there. Learn from these prayers and like I think we've talked about like build off of these these will actually mm-hmm. teach you to pray it's not just that you recite these over and over and over and over again yeah you, these are prayers that you're saying to God and they end up forming the way that you naturally start to pray sure so have a model essentially yeah it's yeah good. can which really help you can go back to the Lord's prayer yeah which is part of go. it yeah these Very prayer good. books I need to get me one of these <laughs> man. Jason, what would you say? Yeah, I want to hear from you. What would I say? 
That's a good question. What would I say? Well, when we pray generally as a family, um, you can go for like five minutes straight without stopping. So you're one of the most <laughs> mighty prayer warriors I know. I barely can do that. A lot of times I can't. So, <laughs> so you're asking, you're asking what sentence would I say? What would you say to teens? And and, right. and largely what we're talking about right now is practical. Like, what's a practical well, yeah. thing you can do to establish prayer more strongly in your life? Hmm. Going pretty basic basic here, but really what I can think of just if you have someone new or like you have these teens. Just give them the basics. Show, tell them, show them what they can do, and say, "Hey, you have what you need here. Now is the time. Just go off that. Just go to the Lord. The Lord will show you from there, from here." Like you don't need a lot. You don't need a lot. You can just mm-hmm. you can just have the basics. You can have like get that connection with God and then go. Kind of like that. Okay, so God will teach you if you, like for the adults, help students have a model, have some kind of framework scripturally and yeah. stuff. This is where you can start, and then the Lord can carry you from there, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cool. And for you as a teen, let's say you as a teen are sharing with another teen. Um, what would you say to them? Like maybe a teenager comes to you and says, hey, I just, I don't know what to do, but I want to pray more. What do I yeah. do? Um, well, first I would ask what I can pray for them. And I would go with that. I'd pray for what they have going on in their life. I'd pray that they would get that emotional bondage with God and that they can learn how to pray more. And then after that, I'd probably just give them what I know and what God wants me to like, he set this up for me. I need to give him what I have. Whoa. So that's live by example, right? Yeah. Mm. That's like, and that's the most powerful teaching is you, you show people. Model it. You model it. Yeah, yeah. You live by example and you say, Hey, well, let's, let's just pray right now. What mm-hmm. can I pray for you? And, mm-hmm. and then maybe the Lord has a word for them or something. And you know, mm-hmm. um, that's something that I think is very important is to teach believers of all ages yeah if you're a believer you have the holy spirit inside of you yeah stop doubting that <laughs> mm. you know um but that's that's awesome well learn how to pray let me pray for you mm-hmm. and then the spirit can show you yeah 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 love it you want to give us an exit line yeah, well, we didn't answer that last one. What's your favorite thing about working with teens? Oh, that's ooh, right. I forgot about ooh. that. Um, man, I just like getting to know them. I just like getting to know teens. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, y'all are fun hanging out with. Cool. Yeah. Is it that you're really still a teenager at heart? Is that what <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep oh, that yeah. under, under wraps. We'll have to have your wife on sometime to tell us the truth yes. about this. Oh man! <laughs> hey, don't yes. worry, don't worry. This guy has got has got I a know lot of family, reputation. So, from, <laughs> yes. from this guy, his own kids. He's 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 considered a big kid, a big child. It's true in our eyes. It's so true. I actually have an intentional strategy to evangelize his schoolmates with him, Ooh. and um, it's first to be cool. So. Um, 
so we I chaperone some events and stuff, and so nice. Uh, the first thing I do is like. I don't try to be exactly like them, but like I do some beatboxing and, you know, we just, my friends, fun stuff. it's my because friends. you're just naturally cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause my if friend. I were to do that, everyone would be like, who the heck is this bald dude? Did you dude? hear this though? Did you hear this? Uh, you, yeah. That's listen yeah. to him. He's wise. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, baldness comes with wiseness. Uh, you know, I think that's gray hair. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, Which I, that I makes sense. Yet, so, well, um, so my friend, my friends will say stuff like, "Yeah, I'm only friends with you for your dad." <laughs> <laughs> like my friend Will told me that, but yeah. Oh man! But he he's really good with that. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. I was gonna. Well, say we shared the gospel with your friends because. Well, yeah. God yeah. opened some doors that were we prayed. There we go. We prayed. Mm. We were going to an event. Um, a choir event I was chaperoning and we're going to keep after and we asked the Lord to give us distinct opportunities mm. and two things happened that were crazy there yeah do you really remember what crazy. it was yeah one one was when we they have a Starbucks there so we went we sat down and my one of my friends was like ah oh, dang it I don't have any money left I wish I did had some for some other stuff because he had spent it on he on all on his all pals the pals and stuff yeah, yeah. Oh, so nice. Dad started telling them about the, uh, dad started, um, sharing some about the, uh, prodigal son mm. and stuff. And like, we got to learn. yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally broke living with pigs. Yeah. But, so would his friends be the, the, well, never mind. Oh yeah. Uh, nah, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, the friends were around too. We, we, we used it, but yeah, we got to learn like some of them go to church. I don't know cool. if they're I don't know if they're actual believers, but yeah, it's good to know we had that opportunity. Then That's awesome. We we left and he, my dad right here, stayed at the Starbucks for a little while and apparently he told me some teenagers came over and they just sat down and are like started sharing their deepest darkest secrets with him. With you. With me. Whoa. They yeah. started talking about drug use and like all kinds of really ter- like tough things and stuff. Wow. And yeah. I got to share the gospel with them and tell them, "Hey, you, you need a new life. Oof. You're going to you're going to be wrecked and yeah. Jesus can can change this, but you, you need a new life, you know." Mm, yeah. So, we asked for opportunities, we prayed, and mm. God delivered as he always does, especially when we pray that prayer, "Lord, give us an opportunity for the gospel cuz if you don't want to share the gospel, that's a dangerous prayer because he's going to mm-hmm. give it to you every single time. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. Never once have I asked the Lord for an opportunity with somebody that he did not give me within the day or week of asking. Hmm. So, And then it's like, well, now I need to like actually be obedient. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, brings you to the, now you the know. point of like, oh, okay, Lord, I, uh, I have to be obedient to you now. Yes, indeed. I mean, we always have to be. <laughs> well, always, yeah. Well, that was really good. I feel I feel totally blessed right now. Thank you. Thank oh, you for man. being Thank on, you. Mr. John. That was that was great. Yeah. Uh man, I love it when we get to do this stuff. Thank you for being on. It was a great blessing. Yeah. Man, it was a uh it's literally an honor and love getting to getting to know you more and to see how Lord is is working in your life and using you for to reach your school and and yeah. uh, those around you. So appreciate you, Jason. Yeah. Well, uh, proud of you. That concludes this episode of the Prayer Culture Podcast for Teens. Remember, we say four things 
our big motto here. Pray, love Jesus, be a warrior for God, and smash that like button for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Destroy it. <laughs> Destroy the like button. Uh, All right. That's that like button. That's it. Peace out. <laughs> Two or More is a crowdfunded ministry. If you want to partner with us, then go check out our giving page. If you have a second, subscribe to our channel and destroy that like button.